This podcast is for information only and should not be considered legal advice. There is no representation that the legal services to be performed by LOCA are better than the services of other attorneys. There is no guarantee of the outcome. Success is rendered on a case-by-case basis. Welcome back, everybody. This is Tim Markley from K. Altman Law, and you are listening to the Legally Blind Justice Podcast. Entering college is a significant milestone, marking the beginning of newfound independence and academic challenges. However, this transition can bring with it unforeseen disciplinary issues. In this episode, we'll explore 10 common mistakes college students often make when faced with disciplinary trouble, and we'll offer some guidance on how to navigate these challenges effectively. Number one, waiting too long to deal with an issue. One of the most common mistakes college students make when faced with disciplinary issues is procrastinating. It's in their nature. Waiting too long to address the problem can exacerbate the situation. They can make it more challenging to achieve a positive result. And timely action is crucial to avoid further complications and to demonstrate a proactive approach to addressing the issue. Additionally, if you wait too long, you may miss critical deadlines. The second big mistake that students make is handling it themselves. Disciplinary matters in college are complex. They require a nuanced understanding of institutional policies and potential legal implications. Handling a situation independently may lead to unintended consequences. Seeking professional assistance, such as legal counsel, help with expertise in educational matters is a much more prudent approach. Too often, we've seen students come to us after they've tried to handle the first couple of steps by themselves. And what they do is they they write an appeal letter sometimes, and that appeal letter may be missing pertinent facts. It may be missing the actual references to to what what they're accused of doing. and it may be written in a tone that angers the school more than helps the students. So don't handle matters by yourself. Seek help. Talk to your parents. Talk to uh, a legal advisor. All of them can give you help in how to deal with these situations. The third most common mistake we see is blaming the school. I got into trouble. It can't be my fault. Or I got into trouble and... It's the schools coming down on me when they shouldn't. That's not the approach to take. It's essential that if you did something wrong, that you take responsibility for the action. And instead of blaming the educational institution. Also, if you didn't do something wrong and you're drafting your appeals and going through the process, the school is not going to respond when you start blaming them for for the issue. You want the school to help you resolve the issue. And so you want to take a much more positive and proactive approach rather than an over-the-top angry approach that's not going to help you with the school. Number four, failing to keep documents. In disciplinary matters, documentation is crucial. Emails, text messages, letters, all of that, you've got to keep those. Failing to keep these records uh, is going to hinder 
anyone's ability to help you present a comprehensive case. So maintain a well-organized collection of these documents. It'll help you in building a strong defense. Also, if you're in trouble, start printing off these documents. Because one thing that a university may do as it's going through the disciplinary process is limit your access to emails, to share drives, and other materials so that you can't go back and access them. So make sure if you're in trouble, you're printing off copies of any document that may be relevant. Number five, you realize you're in trouble and you realize you need help. So you go to an attorney. My concern is that you go to the right attorney. Not all attorneys specialize in education law. You want to select an attorney with expertise in the disciplinary matter that you're, that you're dealing with. You wouldn't go to an educational lawyer to deal with a tax problem. You wouldn't go to an educational lawyer to deal with a criminal matter. So why would you go to someone who's not an educational attorney when you're dealing with an educational matter? It's important to have someone who knows and understands educational law. For example, at K. Altman Law, we deal with schools, colleges, and universities all over the country. We understand how that process works. And it helps here because we've got attorneys and we have former educators who are often the ones who are meeting out that discipline in, in their other lives. That gives us an advantage over folks who aren't in the educational world. Number six, ignoring the issue. Thinking that it's not a big deal, I won't do anything, it's gonna come back and bite you. It's critical that you address these issues head on and that you do it quickly. Ignoring it will not make it disappear. And in fact, ignoring it will, will bring with it usually harsher consequences. The university will think that you don't take the matter seriously and will issue very harsh sanctions. We worked with a student who was involved in a Title IX matter, and he just ignored it. He did not go to the hearings, he did not go to the investigations, and was found responsible, and they, and they were going to expel him. So he came to us finally at the appeals process. You can't wait until that point to come talk to someone to help you. It becomes much more difficult to get a positive result if you've blown off every step of the process. Not taking the issue serious. You get in trouble and you think it's a minor violation. You get accused of cheating because you might have miscited something or plagiarism. And the school says, well, it's your first offense. Don't worry about it. That may sound like a good solution, but it's not. Because if you were to get in trouble later for a similar offense, all of a sudden it looks like there's now a pattern. I got accused of cheating my freshman year, I'm a semester from graduation, and they're going to kick me out for plagiarizing. Whereas if it had been a first offense, we might have been able to negotiate something with the university to help you. I've seen it happen too often where students will accept that, okay, I didn't really do it, but this isn't a big deal. And then all of a sudden, they get in trouble for something more serious. The school looks back and says, well, you've been in trouble before. So now we're going to have a harsher consequence for that. You've got to take every issue at the school level seriously. Number eight, not reading documents. Understanding that documents related to disciplinary cases is crucial. 
Failing to read and comprehend the material can lead to misunderstandings and may hinder your ability to present a well-informed defense. You've got to read it because there are some rules, some regulations, some policies in there. There are timelines. And you've got to understand what that timeline means. Here's a prime example. A lot of schools have a time limit to respond to appeals, a time limit to respond to an accusation. It may say you have five days to respond in writing to this accusation. Okay, so is that five business days? Is that five calendar days? Or we're heading into Christmas break. Do those Christmas break days count? And do I have until after Christmas break? Those are critical things to understand because if you think it's five five business days on a Thursday and you wait and put and send your response in the following Wednesday because you think that's my five days. Now it was five calendar days. and It had to be in earlier in the week. We had a client one time who was told in person, you have five days to appeal. He thought it meant five days from when he got the written, re- written notification. No, that wasn't the case. It was five days from when he was informed that he had an appeal. So he missed his appeals deadline. Those are the kinds of little things that if you don't read the documents will get you into trouble. Number nine, not telling parents or not telling anyone. Maintaining open communications with your parents or someone that you, that you trust is important when facing a disciplinary issue. You don't wanna go through this alone. They can help you. They can provide emotional support. They can guidance. They can contribute to a, a more comprehensive defense. They may know, know about resources that you don't know about that can make this process go much smoother. So you've got to have someone on your side. And, the, and your parents are, are typically your first line of defense when you're going through these things. Number 10, missing deadlines. Missing deadlines is critical in disciplinary proceedings. You've got to know when something is due. Because if you miss that deadline, regardless of whether it's a great defense, a great letter, they're not going to accept it. And if you, if they don't accept it because it's late, then you're going to lose that appeal, or you're going to lose that hearing, and you're going to potentially face some really disastrous consequences as part of student discipline. So let me wrap up by saying disciplinary issues during college can be daunting but avoiding common mistakes can enhance your ability to address the outcome by being proactive, by being responsible, by seeking appropriate assistance and maintaining open communications, you're gonna be able to navigate this process better than a lot of other folks. So remember, if you're facing college disciplinary action, it's important to speak with an attorney as soon as possible. An attorney can help you understand your rights, protect your interests, and get the best outcomes possible. Now remember, the school or the university have complex rules, policies, and procedures that govern what they do. They've got a legal staff to advise them, and you should as well. You need experienced help to get results. Trust a firm such as K. Altman Law to guide you through that legal minefield and get the results that you want. Thanks for listening to the Legally Blind Justice Podcast. If you have a legal question, give us a call at 1-888-984-1341 or check us out on the web at kaltmanlaw.com.